You're listening to episode number 13 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about why weight loss feels so damn hard and what you can do to change that. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hello and welcome back to another episode. So excited to be here. It has been a crazy summer. I am so looking forward to fall and the cooler weather and all the things. I love fall and the pumpkin spice and cinnamon and the scents and just moving into the holidays. It just makes me so happy and so excited. But I'm also trying to really enjoy the end of the summer as well and not always looking forward into what's to come, but really to be enjoying the present and just sitting and allowing it. So it's been a, it's been a busy summer. It's been great. We've done a lot of travel. We've seen a lot of family members, which has been amazing. We've had a lot of people come and visit us, which has been super fun. We've been working on our own home, working on a new condo close to the beach. So it's not going to slow down anytime soon. And I think this is one of the core reasons why I teach weight loss the way that I do, because this is life. To think that I need things to be perfect or to be serene, or I can't be busy, or I can't be doing these things in order to lose weight is ridiculous because we have travel, we have vacations, we have birthdays, we have holidays, we have, you know, deaths in the family, we have illness, we have all of these different things that we're working around. We're buying houses, selling houses, maybe you're changing jobs. There's so much that goes on in our lives that we need to learn how to lose weight throughout life. This is when we need to be practicing weight loss. And the way that we do that is by focusing on creating a sustainable process. Now, today we are talking about why weight loss feels hard. And I'm going to give you three core reasons as to why that is. Because if you are anything like I used to be, you've likely spent more than enough time really believing that you can't succeed, focusing on the negative, looking at how it can't work, looking to the past to predict your future. You are an expert at listing out all your failed attempts, right? You have no trouble making the case as to why you're too old or your hormones are out of balance or maybe your metabolism is broken. And most people spend years, if not decades, arguing against themselves, making the case as to why they can't succeed. And we have got to stop that. And so Number one, it's not helping. It's not doing us any good. And so we've got to learn how to start advocating for ourselves and our ability to change, our ability to try new things and being open and willing to do that. But change will never come if you continue to think and generate feelings that weight loss is hard, that it's an arduous task, that it's not easy and effortless. And I'm sure there are some of you who want to punch me in the face right now. I totally get it. Because I used to be the same way. I used to feel like weight loss was hard. I really struggled with this in the past that I was trying to run every single day to the point where I ended up with tendonitis in my knees and I couldn't take a day off because, well, if I stopped running or if I stopped exercising like crazy, well, then I was going to gain weight. I gained even more weight. I definitely wasn't going to be losing weight. I kept trying to just low carb harder. I kept trying to eat less and follow this eat less exercise more. And as I explained in the last episode 12 of Hunger Games, that is a recipe for disaster. It does not work for us long term. 
And so for some clients, they like having this gauge and this view of our tracking how, what am I eating? And they like looking at the numbers, but we have to really look at, is that serving you? Is that working for you? And for many of us, it doesn't. The amount of food that we are allotted is not nearly enough. We're not looking at the quality of calories. If you've got any questions about that aspect, go back and listen to episode number 12. But for a very long time, I really struggled to lose weight. The worst part was, though, that once I lost the weight, I was terrified of gaining it back again. I still couldn't live at peace with food. I was still terrified of carbs. I still thought of sugar as being bad. I still had this obsessive need to want to run or spin or lift weights or exercise in some way every single day. For a long time, it was running. And I would run anywhere from, you know, five to 10 miles on a given day. A lot of times I was training for a race, but I also got really nervous and hated racing. I just like to train <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times it was done out of fear. If I don't work out, if I don't exercise, I'm going to gain the weight back. And it, it's the weight and it's what I'm making the weight mean about me. It's how I'm making that weight impact, how I feel about myself, how I think about myself, my value and worth. And so I really was stuck in this diet hell for a long time, for over a decade. It really was a challenge to be able to break through some of these diet rules. So for year after year, weight loss felt hard. I know where you're coming from. And so the thought of somebody coming in and saying, oh, weight loss is so easy. It's so effortless. I totally get that you might want to choke me out right now. I get it. I, I have been there. That's my point I'm trying to make. But I want to open the possibility that maybe it can be easy. Maybe the reason that it's felt hard is because you're doing the wrong things. Maybe you're focused on the wrong pieces. Maybe you're not solving for the right problem. And I'd say this has been one of the best things that lights me up inside has been when clients come to me and they say, I can't believe how easy this has been. I can't believe I've lost weight without like really even thinking about it much without obsessing over my food, without really stressing about what I can and can't eat. I can't believe that I can go out to happy hour or to brunch or just feeling comfortable eating out or eating in and not stressing or worrying about it breaking my diet, about gaining weight or not losing weight that week. And that to me is like angels singing. To hear people who also are having this experience of creating a process and making weight loss easy for themselves, that makes my heart sing. I love to hear that. I just get goosebumps thinking about it. So let's dive into why it feels hard. That way we can start to do the opposite, right? We can look at, well, what do we need to do instead in order to make it feel easy without just getting resentful and bitter and wanting to punch people in the face? All right. So number one, the reason that weight loss often feels hard is because your process for losing weight is not sustainable long term. You are not losing the weight in a way in which you can live it. So a lot of times this looks like you're following an outdated system or process that doesn't work for your body. So again, going back to calories in, calories out, you're just trying to exercise more and eat less. And it's sending out these hunger alarms in your body to where you have cravings for food, for high fat food, high sugar food, for quick energy and high energy. You have different hunger alarms uh, psychologically that are triggering this emotional desire for food. So you, by following this outdated system, by following these processes that don't work for your body, 
that's what ends up happening. That is the result that you're creating. And so again, go back to Hunger Games, go back to episode number 12 and listen to that because I give you multiple examples as to how this actually works in our bodies. But a lot of times, I mean, it can be a hard rule to break to feel like, well, I have to track my calories. I have to eat under a certain amount, or maybe I'm not eating enough. Maybe I should be eating more, or I have extra points. I have extra calories that I can eat, even if you're not truly hungry in not following a process that works for your body. So even looking at like what kind of foods nourish your body in particular versus what kind of foods are detrimental, what kind of foods are not good for your body. So looking at, is this a sustainable long-term process? Because it has to be sustainable mentally. Like we mentally have to be on board with doing this for the rest of our lives without hating our lives. And if you can't do that, then you're doing it wrong. And that's why it feels hard is because you're not loving the process. We often think that it's a journey. And when I get there, once I've lost the weight, once I'm over there, then I'll get to be happy and confident and proud and sexy and attractive. Then I'll feel all the feels, but it's over there. And I just need to hurry up and get there. And so when we often don't think about, well, how enjoyable is our process? How sustainable is this process? We're in the mode of, I need to hurry up and get there because that's ultimately how I want to be feeling. That's what I want to be thinking about myself. And I don't get that until I've lost the weight. And so we restrict and we deprive ourselves of any kind of positive emotions or positive self-talk until we've lost weight or only if the scale goes down. And the moment it goes back up or the moment we it stays the same for a couple of weeks, we go back right into self-loathing. We often want to go back into restriction mode, especially if you tend to binge or overeat or emotionally eat to where the next day you're like, ah, shoot, crap, like, ah, no carbs. Maybe I just shouldn't eat it all today. I'll just eat one meal. And we go to the far extreme. This pendulum is constantly swinging back and forth from all and nothing. So. You may be following an outdated system or process. You might be following food rules that don't work for you. You might be thinking that, well, fat is bad. Fat will make you fat. Carbs are evil. Sugar is the devil. It's a toxic chemical that nobody should be putting in their body and you should just abstain. Now, here's the thing. If you want to abstain from eating sugar, by all means, go ahead. Like, there's nothing wrong if you want to say, like, I would rather not. In fact, there is a time when I recommend that people look at the foods that tend to be trigger foods or trouble foods for them, and they don't buy them. They don't bring them into the house. And for a time, that is a a healthy way to do that so that they can create a healthy relationship with the food, with all food. So there was a time where I was emotionally eating peanut butter out of the jar. It was a craving because I was trying to eat low calorie while still exercising really hard. So even though I grew up and I never really liked peanut butter, I started eating it like by the spoonful. I was like obsessed with it because I would like I wasn't fueling my body properly. I wasn't eating like I should have been because I was terrified of calories. I was terrified of carbs. I was terrified of fat, which is ironic because then I was, you know, it's craving this high fat food. And so for a time, I decided I was going to stop buying peanut butter because I needed to learn how to have a healthy relationship with it. And while I was in this process, I didn't want it there. I I needed to be able to do it in a way where I felt good in my surroundings. 
But long term, I knew that I wanted to have a healthy relationship with peanut butter, right? It sounds silly when we think about like having a healthy relationship with types of food. It can work with chocolate. It can work with pasta. It can work with wine. There may be a short period of time where you want to take that food out of the house. And it's something where you can have if you're out at a restaurant or you are out at somebody else's house or there's some other reason. But for a short period of time, and for me, this was a few months. I'd say this was anywhere from like three to six months. And then you can bring it back in. And I was able to bring it back in because I was able to work on my food rules. I was able to really change the way that I was thinking about food and fat being bad and carbs being bad. And when I could do that, I could then balance my meals better throughout the day to where I didn't have such strong cravings. So cravings are different from food urges. And I'll do a whole nother podcast on this because I don't know that I've talked about this much before, but cravings are your body's physiological response and desire for food because of the restriction that you are often doing with a diet. So cravings are solved by changing what you're eating, by looking at what you are eating and avoiding and changing that up to balance to fit your body and your lifestyle. Urges is more of that emotional desire for food. It's more of that in the moment, I just want it and it passes quite quickly. And by quickly, 90 seconds. It's still 90 seconds of like discomfort, which we often aren't willing to sit through, quite honestly. My hand's raised here too. But that's just the difference, like how I distinguish between the two. So we really want to start looking at these food rules because the food rules are what's making things feel hard. When we say I can't have bread and you love bread, when you can't have chocolate and you love chocolate, when you can't have wine and you really enjoy wine. So we want to start looking and breaking down some of these food rules and really looking at like, okay, does this work for you? I could go and give you all the literature and all the science as to how eating a low-carb diet was better for your physical and cognitive performance. It was better for weight loss. It should be working, but it wasn't working for me. Trying to do that only left me eating three protein bars and a bag of popcorn and like snacking throughout the night eating a bunch of basically candy type food and not again like not really tuning into my body and eating because of physical hunger so last night my mom was my mom has been in town uh for the last week and it's been so wonderful to have her here and to spend time together and so last night was her our final meal together and so I told her I wanted to take her out to one of my favorite restaurants and uh, we go out and we have they have this low these loaded fries. And I may have talked about these before because this is one of my favorite dishes to get when we go out to eat and specifically my favorite dish here at this restaurant. And so it's fries, brisket, this cheesy sauce, barbecue sauce. I think there's a little bacon and some scallions on there. And then often when we do it, my husband and I will go out there. That's like a meal for both of us. And I'll get a side of like Brussels sprouts. He'll often get like a side salad and that's the meal. And it was really funny because we got our order and as we were eating this, mostly done, my mom had just looked at me and said, you know, would you ever have guessed 20 years ago that this is what you would be eating now today? And I just smiled and I was like, no. And so when I think back, so 20 years ago, I would have been 15. I probably wouldn't have been, I don't think I was as concerned about food and carbs and in the weight loss space. Like it's, it was always there from a young age, but I don't know that I I wasn't really actively dieting until I was more like 17, 18 and into college. So like 20 years, maybe not 18 years. Oh, absolutely. Like hell no, I would not have been eating this from the time I was probably at 18 in through all of my twenties up until about the, around the age of 30, 
absolutely not, would not have touched it. Maybe, maybe somebody could get me to eat a bite, a single bite, especially if I was out with other people and I didn't want to feel awkward or be that weirdo who wasn't, if somebody had actually offered me a bite on a fork, I didn't want to be that weirdo who said no or who couldn't eat it. There's that aspect of like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Kind of the deer in headlights. I may have eaten a bite, but had it been just me and her, like I never would have ordered this. And so really allowing ourselves to enjoy food. There's nothing wrong with enjoying food. It doesn't have to be bland and boring and suck. I believe that our food should be an eight out of 10 or better. If it's not, I don't want to eat it. And it's really interesting too, because I I was talking to a friend the other day about how when food is like a two or a three out of 10, or when wine is like a two or three out of 10, like when it's, when it really sucks, I have no problem throwing it away, giving it away, dumping it. Like there's, it's not a problem when it's like a six out of 10, when it's like a seven out of 10, like it's not great. It doesn't quite hit that benchmark of being an eight, but it's like not terrible. That's where I get into that sticky part. And I still notice there's those thoughts around, well, I don't want to waste it. Maybe I could save it somehow. Maybe I could reuse it. Maybe I can repurpose it. Maybe I can add it, like make something with it. There's still these thoughts. I it came up because I was drinking wine where it wasn't a two, but it definitely wasn't an eight. And I had a hard time being like, all right, do I want to drink this? Do I want to let, you know, do I just ask if hubby wants to drink this? And if not, am I okay throwing it out and throwing it away? And I ended up throwing it out because I am committed to, number one, practicing what I preach. Like I am not going to tell you to do anything that I do not do myself. Number two, I want to make sure that if I'm going to have a drink, have a cocktail, have an appetizer, have food, that I actually enjoy it. And it's okay if I try something new and I don't like it, that I don't have to eat it. I don't have to drink it. Like that is that is one of my rules. That's one of my safety nets that allows me to try new things without this fear of, oh, am I going to like it? Oh, what if I have to drink it? And so then I'm also mindful of maybe I'll only try one new bottle of wine instead of getting five new bottles. Like maybe I'll pair something that I know that I like with something new and something a little different. So just a little kind of food for thought here around that. But as I think about it, like for years, I never would have touched these loaded fries. And and now I'm the first one to order them. (laughs) I'm like, oh, come with me. Let's go to this restaurant. I love this dish. These are amazing. And so being able to live in a world where you can enjoy the food you love and you can still lose weight. That's what this is all about. I actually got on the scale this morning just out of curiosity. Scale went down, went down two pounds from I think I weighed like two days ago. And it, it, yeah, went down about two pounds. And I just laughed because I was like, oh my gosh, not only did we have some of these loaded fries, we had some chocolate, a little bit of ice cream. We did have some greens, some Brussels sprouts. And, and yet it's like, okay, we had what might have been considered these quote bad foods. And yet the scale can still go down because I was very conscious and very tuned into my body to make sure that I stopped eating when I was satisfied. And I maybe went past satisfied just a little bit, in all honesty, right? Because it's a little give and take. Sometimes, a lot of times we have to stop before we are even feeling that kind of satisfaction and give our, ourselves time for the food to di- digest and allow everything to settle. But I can lose weight eating the foods I love and I can maintain my weight loss eating the foods I love because I am tuned into my, those hunger signals. I am tuned into those satiety signals. 
So that is a big key. So again, this goes back to the process for losing weight. It has to be sustainable. It has to be long-term. It has to be something you can do for the rest of your life without hating your life for right now, like for the foreseeable future. So for a time, what I could do sustainably was to omit peanut butter. Like I think it was within six months, I brought the peanut butter back. And now at any given time, there's often peanut butter or almond butter or some kind of nut butter (laughs) in the pantry, in the refrigerator. and I'm not binging on it. I'm not eating it emotionally. I'm not eating it out of the jar with a spoon because I'm having this craving. I have a much healthier relationship with it, but I gave myself that time to create it as well. So that's an important piece that I just want to I want to highlight and touch on. And then the other piece that kind of goes along with this is food sensitivities and food allergies. And I'm going to do a whole nother podcast on this as well. I'm actually like taking notes as I'm saying all, the, all of this so that I don't forget. But there are going to be certain foods that we do want to avoid or stay away from more consistently. And because of how it it makes us feel because of the physical response that our bodies have. So for example, I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome in 2016. And I have, so I've cysts on my ovaries and irregular periods. And even though my testosterone levels are pretty normal, I have two out of the three markers. And so PCOS is just another form of insulin resistance. So I want to be mindful about, I want to be thinking about like blood sugar levels. I want to be looking at potentially cutting out gluten and dairy. And so there are going to be certain things that I want, I'm going to want to enjoy, but for my long-term health, there are going to be times where I need to say no, like where I, I should be saying no more often than I'm saying yes, just for my own physical health. So I'm going to talk all about that another time. But again, this process needs to be sustainable and it needs to work with your body and the specific needs that you have, not just mentally, emotionally, but from that physical standpoint as well with what's going on internally. Okay, so why weight loss feels hard. Number two, you're listening to your habit brain. It feels hard because of all of those excuses and justifications and permission giving thoughts we give ourselves to eat when we're not hungry and to eat beyond satisfied. That is why weight loss feels hard. It's the guilt. It's the, I should be enjoying this. I should eat because they made this just for me or it's free or it would be, I don't want to seem rude or disrespectful. So I should probably eat. It's emotional eating. And this is the key crux is that we are simply trying to avoid a negative emotion or seek a positive or or change out a negative one for positive. And a lot of times, This comes out as excuses and justifications. So listening to that habit brain, a little won't hurt. You can start tomorrow. You've already blown it now. You might as well, like, who cares? Just start again next week. We'll try again on Monday. All right, screw it. I'll start over next week. That's sort of, it's those lines of thinking. We have all of these permission-giving thoughts that will have us reaching for food when we're not truly hungry or continuing to eat beyond the point of satisfied. That is why weight loss is hard because this whole eating when we're hungry and stopping at satisfied, it sounds simple and it is simple. It's a simple philosophy. It doesn't always feel easy in the moment because of these thoughts, because of these excuses, these justifications. And a lot of times we do them and it creates an emotion. We have these thoughts about, oh, it would be rude if I don't eat. I better eat some of this birthday cake. Or somebody made this just for me, it would be rude not to eat it. I better do it. And so again, we are trying to avoid an emotion or we are trying to seek out an emotion. And sometimes we are eating 
for pleasure, joy, comfort, celebration. There can be times where we're eating for to seek out positive things or because we are in celebration where we feel happy, we feel excited, and we're going to celebrate and enjoy food. So there, it's not always, there's not always a negative lens to it, but often there is. But this is why weight loss feels hard. It's because of what you're telling yourself. It's because of, it's because your habit brain wants to run through and keep you safe, right? The habit brain is designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain via the path of least resistance. And that avoiding pain is perceived or real and it's physical, mental, or emotional. So we are, your brain is just trying to keep you safe. That's why it's trying to remind you of all those failed attempts. Don't try this again. Remember how you felt like shit last time when you couldn't, when you didn't stick with your diet or when you gained the weight back? We don't want to do that again. We don't want to feel that again. We don't want to feel the shame, the regret. We don't want to feel the self-loathing. We want to avoid all of that. So I'm just going to try and get you now to not even start to remember why this is, see, this is hard. This doesn't work for you. You just don't have the right genes. You don't have the right genetics. You're getting too old. Your hormones are out of balance. This just isn't going to work for you. After menopause, like it just, it doesn't happen. Like you don't, you, you gain weight. It does, you can't lose it. It's, it's just something you have to live with. And you have, sometimes we end up in these echo chambers where we have friends or family or other people or other health coaches, other influencers, other people in this space who are telling you these things too, right? I had a health coach who had said, well, after you don't eat on plan for twice that week, you're not going to lose weight that week. So it, it turned into this, like, why bother? And I don't know if it was trying to scare us of like, well, if you want to lose weight, you better stick to your plan. You know, like I don't, I'm assuming she had the best of intentions, but when it got to Wednesday and I had already eaten off plan twice that week, then I was like, ah, screw it. Marty, like why continue punishing myself with this like diet that I like simply cannot stick to, that I don't want to stick to? Why continue trying to do that if I'm not going to lose weight? No, I'll try again Monday. Next week, I'll be good. Next week, I'll be perfect. Next week, I will do it. And I just kept thinking I had to like willpower harder. I had to think harder. I had to exercise harder, keto harder, paleo harder, whatever it is. It's like, no, I just got to be stronger. I just got to cut more calories, cut more carbs, cut more sugar. Like we think the restriction is what's going to get us there. And so this is where we need to be on guard and we need to be looking out for those thoughts, for that jump, that mental jump that wants to take us to restriction. When really what we need to be doing is focused on eating when we're hungry, stopping when we're satisfied, and listening for all of the thoughts in between, listening for all of the emotions, looking at what are some of the circumstances. Because a lot of times these circumstances are going to be different. They're going to change. We don't want to try and solve and change the circumstance. I gave the example previously of how I'd been in different jobs thinking that the job was making me emotionally eat. Well, if I just change my job, well, then I'll stop emotionally eating. But I kept on emotionally eating. I would change jobs and emotionally eat. And then I thought, well, I just need to be working my own business full-time. That must be it. Started working my own business full-time. Still emotionally eating in the afternoon. Like, what the hell? What is going on? And it's not about the job. It's not about the circumstance. It's about our thoughts. Thoughts about ourselves. Thoughts about our lives. Thoughts about our bodies. Thoughts about our careers, our jobs, our businesses, our spouses, our kids, our relationships, our family. Thoughts about COVID. We've got thoughts about, y'all, we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. We are just not even aware of so much of this flies under the radar. So much of it is subconscious. We've got to start to bring awareness around the food and what we're eating and ultimately why we're reaching for it. 
Because we all know to put down the bag of chips and pick up a bag of like baby carrots instead. The problem is we don't do that. And we don't do that because we have these thoughts that create emotions that have us reaching for food and reaching for specific food. And that's what we want to try to unwind. We don't need to make chips bad. We don't need to make carbs bad. We don't need to make wine or beer or cocktails or anything bad or off limits or evil. We need to start to understand why we're reaching for it in certain moments, especially if we're not truly physically hungry. All right, so that was number two. Number three, one of my favorites. You're not doing the simple stuff. And this kind of goes back to a mindset piece of we know, like, again, we know what to do. I know that I should be eating a salad with grilled chicken and vegetables and getting in my lean meats and protein and healthy fats. And like, I know I should be doing that. But I'm over here eating this instead. I'm over here eating something else instead. Something, some kind of bad food. Again, it goes back to like bad food. And it goes back to this idea of, well, that can't possibly be good enough. Like, I can't possibly lose weight just drinking more water. I can't possibly lose weight just focusing on sleep. Like, seriously, come on now. I already know that. Give me some kind of secret. Give me this magic bullet secret that I don't know. Tell me something new. Tell me something different, right? So often we think that we're missing some piece, that there's some secret that we don't know. And if we could just find it, if somebody would just tell us what this secret is, then we could figure it out. And it doesn't help that marketing today is all geared towards these secrets and what you don't know and what you're missing out. Because the truth is, we often know we just aren't doing it, right? The simple stuff. Well, I can't possibly eat a burger and fries and just eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm satisfied and still lose weight. Like, that's not possible. So we, instead of focusing on the simple stuff, we look for these complicated programs, these complicated rules, these extreme diets. We look to jump to something else. And look, like, that's where my brain wants to go, too. This spring, I had like, five, you know, four pounds left to lose. Best friend had lost seven or eight pounds. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. <laughs> maybe I should follow, you know, what she was doing. Maybe this challenge is what's going to help me to like do it. And a few seconds later, I was like, no, no, Jillian, better than this. You need to stop overeating. That's what you need to do, honey. We need to figure out why you keep reaching for food, why you keep overeating, why you keep looking for joy and pleasure and relaxation with food. There's nothing wrong with it. We don't have to get judgy and bitchy about it. We just need to start to have compassion and ask the right questions. We've got to start looking and listening for that habit brain. Why are we not doing this simple stuff? Why is it that I can tell you you need to be drinking 65 ounces of water every day or more in order to lose weight? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know that. You're not doing it. The question is, are you implementing it? And that's the thing is we don't need more information. We have more than more information than we know what to do with. In fact, so much of this information around diet and weight loss is conflicting. It's so hard to figure out, well, what the hell am I even supposed to do? What am I supposed to eat? We get so caught up in asking the wrong questions, solving for the wrong problem, thinking that this one diet, some secret magical potion or pill or smoothie recipe is going to be our saving grace, that this is going to do it. When the reality is, We need to start looking at our emotional eating. We need to start looking at all of those thoughts and excuses and justifications. We need to start focusing on the simple stuff. We need to focus on 1% being good enough. We need to focus and remind ourselves that, hey, 
taking my chips and turning them into a salad, having a salad instead of the chips at lunch, like that is good enough. You do that every day for a month, you're going to see changes. And then you're going to keep leveling up and you're going to think, all right, well, what's the next step that I can take? What else feels easy? What else feels good? What feels doable? And you know what? Maybe you don't want to omit your chips every single day. Maybe it's every other day, right? It's not that we can never go back to eating chips. It's not that you have to make this one level up and you have to make it for 30 days straight or it has to be forever for the rest of your life and you can never eat this again. Like That's not what I'm saying at all. Let's start to look at how we can make, we just make better choices. Better is always better. We're just going to go for what's better. And you just have to make one better choice every single day. Right? You don't have to give up the ice cream forever, but instead of eating it out of the half-gallon carton every night, we're going to put it in a bowl. Look, it can be a big-ass bowl. It can be a giant salad bowl, but we're going to start to put it in a bowl. Right? Like sometimes just getting into the habit of, I'm going to put this on a plate. Right? So often when we're used to like eating out of the pan or off of the this the stovetop or we're eating off of things instead of putting it on a plate, we then are like, oh, well, now I need to put it on like a little teacup plate, a little saucer, and that should be my food. No, start by getting a real giant big ass plate, put the food on the plate, and we're going to start there and we're going to really tune in again to, am I stopping at satisfied? And how do I start to feel better around putting food away, about throwing food away, throwing it out when it's not going to taste good the next day. We had a prime example. Last night, we had um, some leftover fries and like there was cheese sauce and stuff on the plate for our appetizer. And for my mom and I both, it was very easy to just say, nope, you can take that. Like, I don't need to finish it. The whole thing doesn't need to be gone. I'm not taking that home. Like I already found the best fries, not like I don't need to take any of this back or you know, yeah, back with me. And I think that's another great, a great way to start to be more conscious and aware of stopping at satisfied is can you leave two bites behind? Can you put half of your meal in a box and save it for later? Can you split split a meal with someone? Is it some of these little things that we start to implement and though we allow those to become habits? We allow those to become the new normal. But we've got to start by making it good enough to start with this simple stuff. It can be good enough. It is good enough to leave two bites behind on your plate. You start leaving two bites behind at each meal, girl, that adds up. You know what would be really, so what I think is really interesting is when I have clients do this, I suggest that they keep the food in like a Ziploc bag, a Tupperware container, a glass storage, something that they can put in the refrigerator, not to eat later, but just so they can see how much food over the course of a single week they didn't consume. Because it, it adds up. But we've got to start tuning into our mindset. We've got to start tuning into those thoughts to that habit brain that wants us to keep eating because, well, we don't want to waste it. Right? So reasons we make weight loss hard. Number one, your process for losing weight is not sustainable long-term. It is not something you can do for the rest of your life without hating your life. It's not working for you, babe. Right? We've got to focus on the process. We've got to create a process that works for you. Number two, as to why weight loss feels hard, you keep listening to your habit brain. You keep indulging all the thoughts about how hard it is and what a challenge and how you've tried before and you failed and this attempt and that attempt. And then Susie over here keep those losing weight on keto and then your best friend and your mom and your sister and like all these other people are losing weight and you can't and there must be something wrong with you. 
we've got to change the narrative. We've got to change that conversation. We've got to start focusing on all the emotional eating that we're doing. All those thoughts and excuses. We've got to really look at our mindset around food and weight loss and body image and our worthiness and ultimately all areas of our life. Because look, y'all, we don't eat in a vacuum. We eat because of these external things, because of of fights with your spouse or meltdowns at Target with your kid or your boss being a dickbag, all the different things. We eat over them. And number three, you're not doing the simple stuff. You're not allowing the 1% improvements to be good enough. That is why weight loss feels hard. It's because you're trying to make these extreme changes and you keep telling yourself that this isn't good enough. What you're doing right now, it's not good enough. That has got to end. If you really want to lose your weight and keep it off for life, if you want to lose your weight eating the foods you love, this is how you do it. We have got to start by addressing these three things. And if you do that, I guarantee you will lose weight and you will feel amazing in your body and you will start to think nicer things about yourself. You will fall in love with yourself. You will fall in love with your life and you will actively seek at creating that life that lights you up and that you love and the body will come along with it. And if you'd like some help, because look, this can feel overwhelming. It can feel hard. It can feel, we can feel unsure. This is a different approach to weight loss than anybody else teaches. So if you would like some help with this, then I would love to chat. You can schedule a free discovery call at bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And you'll be directed to my calendar where you can book a time that works well for you and get on and let's spend an hour really diving into where you are now where you want to be. And let's look at all the things standing in your way, because that's exactly what I'm going to help you with is to start to eliminate all of those obstacles, all of those challenges. And the biggest, most important piece is going to be your thoughts, really changing your mindset and changing those thoughts around food and what you need to do and what you should be doing and what you can't eat. That's what we really want to focus on. So if you'd like my help, then I would love to chat. So I hope y'all have had a great week, a great summer as we are, you know, winding down the summer. I hope that you are taking some time to really enjoy and relish it and look forward to what's coming up this fall. So there is some really awesome stuff. I've got a live workshop coming up in October. I will tell you more about shortly. And then we'll be getting into how to handle the holidays and really move through the holidays while maintaining our sanity, our emotional well-being and our our physical well-being and looking at it as an opportunity to, if you want to maintain weight, to maintain or to continue to lose weight. It is not necessary to gain the holiday 15. It's just us falling back into that habit loop, falling back into those excuses and justifications. So I'll be doing some special workshops and content around that in particular because it can be a big time for us and a hard time. So get ready. We've got lots of awesome things coming up this fall. Have a good one, y'all. And here's to creating the body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.